0: This is Family Electric Ghost, and we are live on my Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch channels with Ive Salome, and we've had her on the podcast before, but this is the first time we've had her on the new video podcast format, and um, we're glad to have her on the air again. And uh, we've been a podcaster for about uh, three years, and you know, not, now we're doing these live podcasts before they were never live, so uh, we, we're happy to have everybody on board. So are you happy to be on the program today?
1: <laughs> yeah. Hi there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: So what's one cool thing, the difference between the old podcast and a new podcast is we are able to actually play music from the artists that we're talking to. And so we're actually going to play a Bandcamp single. We're going to queue it up um, right now. And so we're going to play, um, her, her latest, uh, one of her latest tracks from our fourth, fourth album. Are you have got an album coming at the end of the year?
1: Yeah, yeah, I assume it will uh, come out in the end of the year, but maybe, just maybe, in the end of summer. So we're not pretty much aware of that.
0: Okay, so this is the song Kill You off of her band camp. We're going to get into it. We're going to mute your mic, and we'll come back and talk after we play the video. So we're going to start it now.
2: I don't want to stay here I want to die Spitting blood in you Is it I wanna kill you, or I want to die. I can stand everything except your goodbye. If you will leave me, I have nothing to do. Is it I want to die, or I want to die?
0: you from your forthcoming album yeah back on the air so yeah that's that's a pretty i like the new wave feel i like the sense you know i'm i'm you can see from behind me i'm a synth guy but (laughs) um uh yeah i just i like that always i'm always into that kind of sound it's kind of like a new romantic sound to me it sounds kind of late you know 80s early 90s um I, i like that that's kind of where i live musically anyway um so yeah, it's, it's it's a pretty cool track and it's giving you, like, is that the feel of the whole record? Or would the whole record be very diverse in the way it sounds? Is that just a, yeah. a sample of what it would sound like?
1: Yeah, uh, I would say that it will be more like uh, Berlin vibes, Dash, Amsterdam vibes. Way more positive and way more light, I would say, than this song. This, I, I guess it will be the darkest one, the most gloomy <laughs> from the whole mm-hmm. album. So yeah. we're going to have like around eight new tracks, and uh, yeah, we're gonna show the full diversity.
0: So this is your first full album, because like when we talked before, you had like singles, um, but yeah. now you're actually putting together a full album. So, yeah. one of the things I like we talked about before is like this is the kind of the age of the of the of the playlist, you know, and a lot of bands have to put out singles all the time to keep their their fans like active. But I'm a child of the 70s, so I I like albums. So I I like extended plays. So how do you kind of manage the the way the audience listens to music with like a lot of artists want to actually present more than one song? How how do you kind of work that?
1: You know, I'm not that much concentrated on uh, like bringing it to the audience because I've tried the different instruments uh, on how to do it. And I had several disappointments, I should say. So I'm like way more concentrated on what am I doing, on my music, on my lyrics, on my personal moment within the course. And I feel more like I'm a musician, not a promoter. But of course, I, I do know that we should do it as well. So I'm going to launch the album and a few videos, uh, maybe one, uh, in one video, like a clip, um, but I'm not sure about the rest of it. I will be launching some promos, uh, some like Instagram events, maybe some Instagram activities, but not much. Not much. I'm not a promoter.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, that's the same kind of situation a lot of us are. You know, musicians first, and you know, uh, like, like I, I kind of take it as like I'm gonna do what I want to do, whether or not the audience is gonna come with me. I'll find a new audience. Right? Like, if my yeah. old audience wanted me exactly. to do what I, what I was doing five years ago. And I'm not, I'm not going to keep on doing what I was doing five years ago. Now, they might like what I did five years ago better than anything else in my catalog, but I'm not going to keep on doing that because it's boring to me. Absolutely, <laughs> so, absolutely. So I'm hoping to find like new people that will be where I am. And if the old people don't want to come with me, okay, that's fine. You don't have to come with me. <laughs> but um, I, think, I think it's just like interesting like, how you have to manage it because sometimes to get success, you might end up with a song that you don't even want to play anymore. <laughs> a, Sometimes it happens. Artist. Yeah, yeah. yeah your greatest song and then you're like, I have all this other material and no one wants to hear anything but this one thing, you know. Yeah. That's, I think that's very frustrating if that happens to anybody. And I've seen, you know, stories about that. But um, one of the things that I think we're going to probably go and talk about just because um, this is a new format. Um, so I wanted to get into kind of like the story we had before, but now we have people who are going to see it as a video. So for the folks of you that hadn't seen the previous episode, um, how how did you get into music? At what age?
1: I assume it was around 12. Yeah, I started singing at uh, that time and I started writing lyrics, which is the core of my music for me. And yeah, it was around 12. And I guess when I was maybe like 14, uh, my mom took me to the uh, coach uh, who taught me how to sing a bit better and then I moved to opera singing which eventually I realized I hate <laughs> not like really hate but I don't really like it so I don't perform in that way and uh, then I decided to move into what I am now so it's more like um, pop music uh, maybe some gloomy dark pop music but still it's a pop music and I would like to uh, stay with it uh, so yeah it long not that long time ago but still pretty long time ago
0: yes i mean so when you got into you were fo- formerly like a classical vocalist and you like baroque or baroque baroque yeah yeah and um so th- like as a, as a kid you did you liked pop music but you felt like when you were getting trained that you were focused on the classical and then you realized you didn't you didn't like classical uh
1: yeah as a kid i was really very much into gothic music, it's like gothic rock like uh, uh, old school gothic rock uh and uh, i was a, a fan of lacrimosa for many 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 years uh, and then i realized i really want to change and uh it was like my um maybe uh, high school somewhere uh, i realized i do like tokyo hotel music and i do like pop music and i do like mixing those genres i would yeah. like to create something like that
0: I think what's really interesting today is the mix of genres that people cross over you know you see it in hip hop you know they use a yeah. lot of jazz there's a lot of jazz in hip hop there's a lot of um, funk that you know hip hop this takes tons of stuff from James Brown and Parliament Funkadelic but um, but even in pop music people kind of go in different directions I, I I like like new romantic music that, like, like bands like Joy Division New, new Order Depeche Mode you know that's kind yeah, of like, like how, why I got into synthesizers when I first saw like you know uh Joy Division you know uh Love Will Tears Apart and I just heard that synth line I'm like wow that I like that style and then I heard The Cure and then I heard all these bands and I that whole kind of like it's it, it, a little bit of darkness in the new wave and some of the new wave is a little bit of that darkness and then some of it's a little more poppy like you get to like a Duran Duran um or a flock of seagulls but um it, it, I kind of lean toward like the dark pop, which I can hear in your stuff because you you, you even your um your writer those are
1: my you know, roots like, yeah yeah
0: yeah like Edgar Allan Poe and Poe and uh, Oscar Wilde so I can feel the kind of like the, the kind of dark pop and it's cool because you know it's like like when people get into film noir you know why do you like film noir mm-hmm. because it's kind of got that dark beat thing and it's like it, that, there's an edge to it because if you're happy all the time I mean, that's nice. But sometimes it's not as interesting as a story that has a little more depth, you know, because being happy, okay, why are you happy? Well, I'm happy, but... (laughs) but And that's
1: kind of strange to be happy all the time.
0: Yeah, it seems kind of odd because it's not the way the world is. So it's like, I think people, everybody has emotional issues and, you know, sometimes, and I think they they kind of seek out the music that makes them feel a certain way. Um, And, you know, some people, I guess, maybe they won't be happy all the time, but I totally get where you are. Um, and one of the things um, I was wondering, so it, it, when you focused on your voice, did you learn other instruments too? Did you like learn piano or guitar? Was, are you of, course, of course,
1: yeah, yeah. So what's your uh, favorite
0: writing instrument? What do you write
1: <laughs> I've started with guitar and then I uh, also tried to learn piano, but still I'm not that much into instruments as I am into vocals and lyrics. And uh, yeah, firstly, now I compose with piano and then maybe I will join some guitar and I will just add it to what I'm doing now. But I'm not sure because I had enough of guitars. Honestly, I did <laughs> that I had my first band and we were composing like uh, classical Gothic rock, this uh, classic approach with guitars and uh, gummy keyboards and so on and so on. Uh, I had enough of guitars, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I do like the way it sounds, but I prefer electronics and piano.
0: That's interesting. So, do you use um like a digital audio workstation like a DAW to to like, yeah. use a MIDI keyboard? It's and then... DAW
1: only. Yeah, and, uh, and some
0: keyboards. Yeah, the other thing I know that I mean, a lot of people who aren't musicians they use like, you know, they use like pad based like launch pads or yeah. or like they use like you know a Kai um, you know, MPCs or like, uh, you know, Roland 707s just because if you're not somebody that knows piano and you get a grid based controller, you can actually break rules. And if you're not a musician, sometimes it's really cool. If you, if you're not somebody that's classically trained on piano, but you get something like a launch pad, you can actually cross over things that you can't do on the piano. So then you could end up composing something very unique and actually has a producer have a really, you know, individual style because there's certain True, things yeah. you can't physically do on the keyboard. You know, you could do yeah. like in the DAW, but I think it, it, that's how we, like, if you think about hip hop, a lot of people weren't musicians in hip hop, they had nowhere to have a musician, you know, they have all the gear when you live in an urban area. So they, you know, using things like MPCs and 707s and all kinds of alternative MIDI controllers uh, allows people to be expressive without having gone to a training of a classical school or, yeah. or something. You know, I think that gives people and to come at it a different way. Because sometimes, like when you learn the rules, you get confined. And if you don't like, if you get so rigid in the rules of certain types of genres, you're not willing to explore crossing genres. Yeah, so that
1: some somehow like, limit you.
0: Yeah, do you like the? Cry? I mean, you talked about crossing genres already, but is that that's something that something that when you're writing you don't want to get this stuck in one zone, right? Musically, you want to explore.
1: Yeah, and I guess it would be my next step because, as I told you, I'm really into Berlin vibes now and uh, Amsterdam vibes, and they do like this electronics. Like some people, I don't, I don't really know their names and don't remember at this point, but I do like what they're doing. It's like. Uh, um, they call it like not have electronics but something like that and yeah, they play like really heavy club music and i do like it and i would like to go into that maybe just as a side project not as i project but still i do like this approach
0: yeah the one thing i i, I appreciate that um, like berlin i has always been an inspiration to me because i go back to like craft work and go back to like the work that brian Eno did with david bowie back in the 70s and it was all focused in berlin because even today, you know, the modular Eurorack synthesis, you know, crowd of musicians is very much act, very active in places like Berlin, and so like yeah. you know, I'm I'm a big analog fan. You know, I use a lot of analog I know, yeah. synthesizers because I like the the experimentation you can do with them. Um, you can create all kinds of alternative rhythms and stuff with all kinds of techniques that, that synthesizers can do. And so, but then I know there are people using samples and granular samples and, you know, all different types of synthesis, you know, modern synthesizers, uh, you know, different techniques like Buchla versus um, using like additive synthesis versus subtractive synthesis. There's all these things that you can get real heavy into, but it's experimental and it's kind of the nature of electronic music. People sometimes forget, you know, these modular synths like were the beginning of, of electronic music in the late 50s you know, because Robert Moog, built them and he had to, like, a lot of experimentation in New York with people who didn't use keyboards. They used like, just these big modular synths to experiment. And which yeah. seems like we've got a full circle to what people were doing in New York City in like 1955. People are, are doing again <laughs> in places like Berlin.
1: Yeah, and I can really hear that. And uh, I recently discovered IMAX music for me, and uh, I, I do like what he, what they are doing, and uh, what they are experimenting with, and the sound uh, they work with, it's really inspiring.
0: So, so are, are your new album is most, are, have you finished recording it, or are you still like? Not out? yet. We're
1: still in progress. Still in progress. Yeah.
0: But you have. I to guess will finish it Tracks too. kind of mapped out what you're going to have on it. You're not going to add tracks. Or are you just working No, uh, yeah. I, I
1: do know that's, that's what we have, and we're going to finish recording, and uh, no more. There will be no more tracks, but those eight. And uh, I already have the first track for the second album. It is called uh, "In the Streets of Berlin." By the way, oh. yeah. Oh wow! And yeah,
0: do you, do you find sometimes when you—that's an interesting thing I want to point out—that sometimes when you're an artist, you're working on a project, right, and and then you have a song that doesn't fit that project it kind of yeah. fits like your next thing right because in the middle of doing something you you might experiment and then it doesn't really fit with the current vibe of all the other things that you're working on so then you're like well i really like yeah. this but i guess i gotta move it to the next project because it's not gonna really fit is that what happened like you you were doing what you were doing for the current album's gonna come out and then you you got into like that berlin sound and you said well this really sounds more like my next thing
1: yeah absolutely absolutely It will be having uh quite different mood uh, different vibes and uh, i guess maybe even maybe i will have some some new languages added and some new sound approach
0: that's interesting i think it's really it, the process that musicians go through is one of the questions i always ask is like do you feel that you plan what you're gonna do out or do you go for more like, okay, something just comes to me and I didn't really want to think about it. It just yeah. kind of like the, the thing that comes in the moment or the happy accident, do you find that those things work better than the things that you spend a lot of time on and then it's like you keep on working on it and it's like not as satisfying as something that comes that kind of out of the blue?
1: Yeah, just go with the flow just this Mozart way. Uh, in my in my perception, like Mossart he has always been at the present moment, right here, right now, and this is why he is so valuable. His music is so valuable. Because it's like it's alive and it's from about this current moment. So I do the same. I go with the flow.
0: Yeah, that's why one of the reasons I don't use like a DAW is because I my analog synthesizers kind of talk to me as soon as yeah. I turn one of my modes on like I might unplug all the wires right and I have all these wires and then start over with how I'm going to create the sound so the, a lot of what you do with the analog is like you spend like two hours on the sound design and maybe you spend like you know 10 minutes on on actually using the sound design but you spend so much time building up up what the sound is going to be that that kind of yeah. Creates the focus of like okay now I create this new new weird modulation, and I can actually use that rhythmically, or I can use that to inspire lyrics. And now kind of like, I'll just do stream of consciousness, and I'll just record it, all the stream of consciousness. And then I'll go back and it's like, well, where's the hook? Where, 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 and then and then I'll like move things around. But but I kind of just like raw tape, and then grab everything and then see what goes together. And I find that that kind of kind of process least for me that, that I get more out of that than if I try to plan something. And sometimes I have a plan cause I'm trying to do like a rock opera and I've got something all planned out. But you know, then, then people would say, well, that's a little convoluted. <laughs> so he's like, okay, there's stuff that's more free form tends to work better.
1: Yeah. So I don't experiment in that way, but, uh, still, I do have some, uh, fixed forms of songs because I am more aimed at pop music and, uh, we, have, do, we do have some laws of genre and uh, I, I'm not try- trying to follow it, but I'm trying to explore up to what point I would like to follow it and where I would like to break some rules. Yeah, maybe the next song of mine, which we're going to record, uh, is called Following You. It's pretty much like a vampire story, but uh, put into pop music and very light pop music. And I, I do like this one. Uh, no, I have many fine. vampire stories.
0: That's interesting because you know, that, I think it's interesting when when a band um, takes something like a dark like a like a horror kind of story like a vampire mm-hmm. story, right? But then the song is kind of upbeat, but the yeah. lyrics might have a little darkness. And I think yeah. that's kind of cool um, when you, when you have that kind of dichotomy, because some people don't really listen to the lyrics; they just listen to the beat, right? So then you do. got you got the you got a crowd that will love your song, but they don't even know what it's really about, because they kind yeah. of like the musical hook. They like the beat. And if you ask them, what does it mean? They're like, well, I don't know. But but it's kind of like, I like the way it sounds. Well, I'm kind of a music fan that I got put the headphones on and I'm like, oh, I'm trying to interpret like exactly what you're trying to say or trying to figure out where you're going with it. And then it's really cool when you have something that lyrically doesn't coincide with, with, with the music. You know, it's sometimes it's like a total like opposite of what you would expect. And I think yeah. that, that, to me, it's always been, like, really, I love to get drawn into stuff like that because I think that makes it more interesting um, as a fan. You know, of, yeah, or music, I agree. When people, people do that kind of depth when you actually have to figure out, oh, what are they trying to say? Do they mean this? Do they mean that? And, they, you know, it's like reading a book. You're trying to figure it, Figure. It. that's why I like singer-songwriters because when you write your own song, then I'm kind of getting a window into who you are or of what course, you're like. yeah. If you're just singing somebody else's song, it's like okay, you're a good singer, but you didn't write that, and maybe yeah. you can convey the emotion. But I think well, that's why a lot of fans like singer-songwriters because they feel like, well, this is what this person really believes. You know, this is what this person is all is kind of into, and maybe it's not because maybe you're good at kind of projecting. But but it's I think it's like you're reading like a sound painting. You know, when yeah. when you when you, when you totally. deal with the singer-songwriter. Is that what you like about it? That that you're able to express yourself exactly the way you want? Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's very important for me. So I may follow this exact person and find out eventually, whom am I listening to? What do you want to tell me? What are you about? That's very important for me. It has always been Uh, music, even music is not that important for me. Because I, firstly, I feel music, I feel vocals, I feel lyrics. And only after that, I listen to all this. Uh, This is why I don't think that pop music is really that uh, something like life light Mm because pop music can be uh, a hard one to listen to. I'm idolizing Hertz as many people know because they have such a light entertaining music, but their meaning is so deep at the same time and Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that because that's what I'm going to do and trying to do do my best to do eventually.
0: Yeah, because I can remind me of um, if you think about like this jumping into a totally different genre, but if you think about the Carpenters, right, they seem to be talking about all this happy romance, right, in the 70s. But Karen Carpenter's voice has so much melancholy that even when she's singing about something that's supposed to be happy, there's like a level of sadness in it. And that, to me, made their work very, very good because there was a depth to it because the singer had so much depth in her voice. And, and I think that is when you bring when you bring something like that kind of dichotomy uh, of, of of like being a singer songwriter and you can convey that kind of emotion through the lyrics well. or the how you the delivery of what you're doing. Um, I think that's what makes it really interesting. And sometimes I probably don't listen to like the top twenty as much as like the bottom one hundred. <laughs> I'm looking for the people who are doing different things. You know, I'm looking for the people who are more in the, indie frame. That's why, you know, on this show, I talk to people who are independent artists because to me, yeah, I, I could go listen to all the top 10 people and they're like, okay, I, yeah. I hear all the perfection at that level. But so to Absolutely. me, what, what I think is interesting is like music is great because of it's the happy accidents. It's music is great because of the independent people who come up with new ideas and eventually it kind of, you know, goes to the top. But I think that's where, like, everything that's interesting to me happens.
1: Yeah, that's what uh, IMAX and Chris Corner actually emphasized recently, that when you are trying to work with major labels, they want you to create uh, songs pretty much the same, one by one, and they want every song to become the next number one. Uh, what, you, what you want to do, and uh, eventually being independent could be the only way for many of us, just because that's that helps us and gives us an opportunity to do what we eventually want to do like jim jarmusch for example it's a great example of uh director and uh, if, i'm sure you've watched on the lovers left to life it's one of my very favorite movies ever just because no action at all no one knows what's going on there but it's one of the best movie about the depths of life i don't know the divine uh, love and so on and so on that i have ever seen
0: yeah I, I i'm always into like independent film myself i mean i like i'm looking for people who are doing something unique and i think like like the problem i think in, in overall entertainment is like once you have a formula that works all the, the machine of the industry whether you're in film or music or tv wants to just clone like you know like when the beatles were around they tried to clone the beatles you get the monkeys. oh yeah you get, you get the turtles you get all these groups trying to be the beatles right and and some of them were a little bit different and so they end up being okay you could listen to the monkeys and they're not exactly the beatles do you could listen to the turtles do You could listen to all these other bands but but the problem is like today you get people they get beyonce and then you'll have like a hundred beyonce's a hundred variations of beyonce you know
1: absolutely yeah. or like
0: a hundred variations of U two, and as well U two is so big like how many do i really want to hear a hundred different bands that sound like you two? maybe not um so so that's and they kind of killed the genre it's kind of like what disco happened like disco was great but so many bands got into this formula that eventually it came like uh, too too much and people just like oh, i don't want it anymore and i think sometimes like that can happen if you think about like a, like an edm genre if everybody does the drop the same way then eventually everybody's going to get bored of having that drop in the same way and, yeah. and and then the record companies we gotta keep on doing that drop and then eventually people was like well i don't want it and then you know so that's that's the danger in the cloning is that you think it's a recipe for success but eventually it's a recipe for failure yeah <laughs> so i think so it's, it's always be good to be your own person and and not let you know i think every artist can find an audience you know and the agents and the managers might say oh no you have to be like this but I think if you yeah. are true to what you believe in, people will come to you.
1: Yeah, people who resonate with you. That's yeah, the main thing. You
0: know, yeah, you'll become authentic. If, if you think about like new wave and kind of punk music, people liked it because it was authentic, because it, it was different than what happened before. Um, and so, you know, now we're kind of in an age where I don't know if anybody's doing There's some people doing really new things, but there's a lot of people that are cloning older things and maybe it seems new because they go really far back like some people might go to like baroque music or they might go and do something like 20s 1920s flapper music and always really doing that so it's not that it, it wasn't done before you go and find a period of time and you do something that nobody's doing you know so you bring like a like a scat or you bring a type of like a bebop you go back to jazz and you bring up somebody does a bebop pop song with a bebop jazz beat it seems really refreshing because no one else is really doing that uh, so i think that's like it's being like innovative and creative with you know crossing genres and mixing things you know like taking hip-hop and country music and crossing it and then you get something new you know
1: that's actually what i'm gonna do with one of my songs on the upcoming album uh it will be called uh more efficient if i do remember it correctly i haven't changed anything yet Uh, i'm gonna mix my uh, approach with vocals with like classics barocco and the pop scene i don't know what if we'll be accepted by the audience or not but i'm gonna do something like uh eliminated by hertz if we can associate it with that but yeah, I would like to mix those two together to get this uh, like a real drama.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's that, that's what's always um, fascinated me. You know, because people would even you know they would, they'll say, well, you know, you have to do do what's like in fashion. But if you think about somebody, somebody like Bowie, like Bowie could have done Ziggy Stardust like his whole career. That's what he could have yeah. done. And there were people that wanted him to do that his whole career, but he's like, no, he just stopped. it. And, like, and if at the height of Ziggy he could have kept on going for years and he just like no it's done right and then he goes yeah. into like uh, the, the thin white Duke mode and then he started working with Luther Vandross and totally I mean that is very rare today I don't know if a pop star today could do what Bowie did like you know going from a rock band like Ziggy to actually singing with Luther Vandross and doing like like Blue Eyed Soul like Totally different. Like the young American, that's Absolutely. a totally yeah. different genre. And today a lot of companies will look at you at the pop star and say, no, you can't do that. You know, it's like, you got to stay as Ziggy. Cause that's what we're going to yeah. promote, you know? And that's why I think people want to go indie because I think in the past, there was some freedom that you could, you could do something like what Bowie did and you could like reinvent yourself with every album and, and not worry if you're going to drop people off and he did lose people. He lost people every time, you know, sometimes his projects didn't kick kick over. You know, know, Ziggy was probably one of the biggest things until he came up with Let's Dance. And then he got this whole, he actually became, instead of being this, like, uh, totally, like, I don't know, avant-garde, he became more pop with Let's Dance. But it was still Bowie pop, so it wasn't exactly like normal pop music. He was still doing very innovative things in it. But it was more acceptable, it was more accepted by a, a pop audience, you know, because he did some things with the beats, he did done some things that was kind of matching the time period, where normally he probably didn't care about matching the time period, but he did. In that case, he actually tried to match what was going on. Um, so I think it's interesting, you know, if you get, you get that kind of the feel of what you're going to do, like if you go back and pick a classical form or a jazz form. Or even like a, like a, like an Americana folk music, and then mix it with like hip hop. You know, he's like what you're doing. He's like you just if you can cross over as much as you can into different things. I think it's always better as an artist. You know, though your manager might not think it's good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's what I'm really afraid about when it comes to um, major labels and uh, sending demos to them. It's they want you to be pretty much strict to their program, to what they want from you. And I'm not sure I want that, I'm ready for that. Because, for example, I've started as like a classic vampire with all these fangs and blood over my face and so on and so on. Despite I was pretty sophisticated, uh, it was one pretty strict genre and the audience got used to that eventually. And then I changed, like, completely. I said, no, that's not me anymore. I don't want that. I lost a big part of the audience. But I'm okay with that because I know that they are free to choose. And I am free to choose as well. And I can change and I can be more more Berlin, less Gothic. <laughs> and I'm, I'm okay with
0: yeah, that. Yeah, so that's where your head's at. That's, you know, I think Prince used to run into that, where everybody wanted him to do, like, the 1999 or Purple Rain period and just do that. Right. And he never did that. He's like he would reinvent himself, come up with new a new vision for his own stagecraft, kinda of like Bowie. And, you know, he would lose, like Purple Rain, like ten eight to ten million people bought that. And then he goes and does like a round award in the world in a day and it dropped down to two million. So from like eight million down to two million. He lost like six million fans because he went and did something psychedelic. And he didn't care. He didn't care. It's like well, well, you know. I'm gonna do what I want. And I think that takes a lot of guts, you know? And I think like when you're in a label, sometimes you can't do that because they'll, they'll yeah. send you producers and all these producers will come in the room. I was watching a story about a younger artist, I won't mention their name, but they, they signed to a major label, they were indie. They went to the label uh, recording studio and, and they were in this meeting and they had like six different producers that were in the meeting all the kitchen different styles and it was like the artist was like very overwhelmed because they like they didn't want to be just like running through six different variations like being forced to like do that in like a very short amount of time and it felt like they were trying to like force them into a into a into a, a niche and it wasn't even what he normally did and and then i'm wondering like okay well that's 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 not cool
1: <laughs> yeah if you're not ready for that it's it's really a complicated thing
0: yeah I think that that you're like okay they want to mold me into what they think I am and then you have to like do you believe do you want to be do you want to have a hit so much that you kind of it's kind of like classic blues story you get to the fork you know the fork in the road and you go with the devil or you don't go with the devil <laughs> you know it's like do you sell your soul it actually to happened to get... me when
1: i was trying to get into conservatory
0: yeah do you feel like that kind of happened to you
1: nope because they told me that they don't want me the way i am and i don't want to be a vanilla singer <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. but so, that's so you, were, you went to to you.
0: To, you had you were at the crossroads and you made the decision that like i'm not going to do what people expect me to do and yeah. it can be hard because you could have your, your family, your friends, everybody. Oh, I'm used to that. Like, yeah, they could say like, oh, you're an opera singer. You're a classical singer. That's what you should do. And then you suddenly say, well, I don't want to do that. You know, and then, you know, everybody kind of hits that. Like, you know, you have, you have peer, kind of peer pressure or social pressure from people around you. And there could be people that love you. And they, they, they tell you the wrong thing. I think people have to kind of know. Even if you have people around you that love you, but you've got your, in your gut when you're a creative, right? In your gut you know what you want. And yep. people can tell you something else, but like you got to stay true to your heart, your real true heart of what you want.
1: Yeah, we were recently discussing it uh, while we were recording, uh, so we recorded vocals and we were discussing why it sounds this way. I said, like, I don't want to be a perfect singer or even a good singer. I want to sound like this, mm-hmm. and it will be like this.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to make those style choices when you're an artist, you know, because like, people will want you to, to do certain things. Like, you know, with my voice, my voice is kind of deep.
1: Yeah, it's a like, beautiful know, voice.
0: Good. But yeah, I ended up wanting to make my voice a female voice and use that as the primary sound in most of my songs. And people would tell me like, you really should use your other voice because like that's gonna, work. but you know, I've been able to, to do it because it's kind of what I wanted. And I do do songs with this deeper voice, but I do like to, to kind of experiment with my voice with vocal synthesizers. So I use a lot of different vocal synthesizers to make, you know, variations. And it's kind of like, maybe I'm shooting myself in my foot or whatever, but I, that's what I wanted to do and that's what I did. Uh, so, you know i understand that people can tell you one thing and then you go the other way and you could like okay well i don't know you know if that's the best way but that's the best way for me right now you know
2: <laughs> yeah
0: so i get that i think that's really the heart of why people want to be indie is really freedom i think the freedom to to be expressive and if you're a creative person right why are you doing it because you're doing it because you want to express yourself right
1: yeah absolutely <laughs>
0: So, so this album, you're saying, you kind of hinted it might come out in the summer, or it might be more toward the end of the year. And you yeah. are working on videos to go with some of these songs?
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, so I'm finishing recordings, and uh, then I'm sending everything to my indie label. <laughs> <laughs> and they launched the, uh, the album and while maybe we will launch some singles before the album, so just to warm up everyone, and maybe I'll, I'll have some money to have a good video <laughs> for that album. I do hope for that. I'm not sure, maybe the video will come up just with the second album because I feel like more uh, fashion-electronic music for the second album and I really see the video for the second album. But lyrics videos, they will of course go with the first one.
0: So the one thing that's interesting, like when you do the, you had the vampire kind of um, motif before, um, uh-huh. is, like, is the, the, the kind of stagecraft. Because I think it's important uh, when you're an artist to have like a sense of stagecraft. Like yeah. if you think about like a Lady Gaga and Bowie and <laughs> yeah. Prince yeah. and Freddie Mercury. Yeah, it's, vampires it's kind of, my thing. It, it, Yeah, it's kind of like what the stagecraft gives you this kind of vision that you can have this other you Right, that when you're out there, and I, th- and yeah. I think this happens even if you're a, a singer and you just wear your blue jeans and a shirt, right? How you come that's what out, I'm wearing now, yeah, yeah. But how you come on stage, right? When you perform, it's almost like that person performing isn't exactly like the person you talk to, right? Because yeah. I think every creative person, when they get on stage, they get in this zone where that is the creative kind of form of yourself. It's like the, the other the mask, everybody wears a mask. And I think like entertainers, like in order to go up on stage and to be that, you become like that version of yourself.
1: Yeah. And uh, I have some special, of course, outfit for those purposes. I have uh, designer clothes, designer clothing, uh, like one of a kind, each piece. And it's really beautiful. Sometimes I do buy things from Killstar or so on, but it's just like maybe some boots or something, tracked so on. Uh, But mostly I prefer, custom things. I prefer custom clothing and uh it's it's how I actually started my golf path. I've always had everything custom and uh it was it was really beautiful and it fit me perfectly and uh now I still do such things and I I really want to stay somewhere near the fashion. And I want yeah, to get it into my music. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, because I and I think that's important because I think that people who have like theater or modeling training or acting training, when they become a musician, they bring that that yeah. to the stage. And I think if, if you can 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 do like acting, you know, I think every musician does act, even if they don't realize it. Of course. Then, but if you were actually trained or you know you're, if you're trained as a model you know how to present yourself right? You present, so you can present yourself to the audience in the kind of vision you want them to, to get from that the vibe that you're trying yeah, to the impression the impression that you're trying to give and I think it's really important because if you think about it like you old know, in the past you get a band like the Grateful Dead they're just like okay we're just a bunch of hippies in a collective we're we'll just do whatever we want and that's that vibe and they weren't trying to be anything else but then you get other people that present like you know like a Robert Plant or Roger Dalty from the Who, they present this kind of, you know, lead singer without the shirt on in the seventies. They had this kind of kind of thing where they're kind of like this kind of Jesus image, you know. Oh, I like pushing. Christian death in that sense. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah they're kind of pushing this thing, and and it was different than what other people did. It was like it was it was like theater, and and I think it is very important to have a stage presence to. To differentiate yourself from other artists so people can say well you know look what she's doing look what he's doing that you know your audience can kind of dive into it and they they, they get drawn into it and then they're more likely to listen to more of your music right because you've got this whole image that they get drawn into then they want to know about it they want to know where you're coming from then they're not just going to listen to one song on a spotify playlist they're going to try to look at like all your stuff
1: yeah including photography i'm very much into changing the style of my modeling and i'm working with different photographers now even like uh film photographers who are working with the film and um, i do like it i do like the quality uh it's it's very different to work with a photographers and with a people who are more into digital like they make a picture and then they draw over this uh like in a photoshop or something like that and it's not a photo it's more like a drawing and i don't really like that yeah Yeah. i I prefer this uh sense of reality around you (laughs) real things and i have a list of photographers all over germany it's like they are well-known photographers so i i need to work a bit to gain that but still i I i'm really inspired by them because I can see that they feel what what's going on behind your back what's going on around you and they can, like they really can see you as a living breathing person and they can still bring out the best of you that's really I think
0: that's, that's interesting you talk about how photographers can bring out like a model
1: in yeah the best of course light,
0: right you know it's sometimes like you know recording engineers and producers can bring out yeah something that uh, as an artist that you didn't really think of so so Mm -hmm. when you're working do you how much work do you do with like recording engineers or producers to kind of like maybe challenge your original music or do you primarily do everything
1: uh i'm making like the basics of music and then i'm bringing it to the studio and i'm telling this is what i have what can we do with that how Mm -hmm. can we make it sound better and uh, I don't think that at this moment I'm like a perfect singer. No, I'm just the beginner. But I want to sound as, as well as I can, as good as I can. And how can we do this? And sometimes I do realize that some producers, they understand me better than I do. And they tell me like, relax, do this way, just breathe, and you'll be fine. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it really works out because uh, sometimes I don't know that uh, for example this genre can underline something I have more than I think it could or more than other genre and sometimes they can mix sounds I'm not aware about because yeah. I'm not listening to some, certain kinds of music and that's that's really cool that then then kind of they can make their input
0: well I think it's interesting about recording engineers and producers is like coming from like the music theory side they, they can hear what you're doing right yeah. and when you have a really good producer they accentuate what you did right they don't try to rewrite what you did they try to yeah. emphasize what you did right so they can go and say well let's do this shadow vocal like under your vocal and give it a little more weight, yeah. right or they go and they add a little color with a different instrument on a different track and it might be really low or it might be even like a sound effect it's because they kind of understand sound Right. Yeah. So and if you've got a guy that under or a woman that understands how to take your sound and then actually dress it up, right? Not try to change it, but dress it up to make it have the color, the feel, kind of like the photographer. Like if you get a really good producer that's in sync with where you are, right? you know, they, they listen to where you are and they don't destroy what you did. They make it better. And yeah. that's where I, I kinda like I like the people they don't try to remake somebody but they take them and they actually make them better but not really changing what they do but just adding so much to it that it's like wow the the depth there you could listen to the demo and then you listen to what the producer did and they actually just made it so much better but they didn't like radically shift it and that's, that's but it's still you it's still you yeah. i think that's what it's some sometimes if you're a younger artist you might not have the strength to tell the producer not to radically change you. You might not have the confidence to, to, to say that I know what I want. And so like if you get a younger artist that doesn't know what they want, and you could even have an older artist that's kind of like insecure. Like, like you could be in your 30s or 40s, you could be insecure about what you're doing and you could let somebody kind of manipulate you to a certain extent it's kind of like it doesn't really matter about the age it could be that it's kind of like what's in you if you don't feel good about it if you're kind of second guessing yourself then you're going to be more likely to get pushed in different directions
1: yeah but sometimes it really gets better because uh, for example i like piano music and i'm sometimes i'm pretty conservative when it comes to piano ballads and i want uh just piano, nothing more. But I was recently told that it would be nice if we will have piano plus something else, like not maybe violin, maybe cello or something like that. Uh, and yeah, some some minor electronics, some cello, and it will be better. And it's it's really better because it helps you to put accents, to uh, build dynamics, and it's really really better. So
0: um, yeah, that, I'm I'm lucky. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what, that's the cool thing when you get a producer that like comes in and they don't like overdo it but they kind of accentuate it to a point where like okay i'm going to add some strings but i'm not going to make it like like real heavy like a motown string you know i'm going to go and do it like a little lighter touch um and so it's like it's, it's just interesting what you can do with atmospherics and all kinds of tools you have to kind of change the mode like like one of my favorite producers like Brian Eno, you know if you listen to what he did with u2 on unforgettable fire right and they, youtube didn't sound like that they had this Hugo he, he he, when he did unforgettable fire they just totally got this new sound and it's, it's kind of like what you know does but it didn't really he didn't really radically change what youtube you know their vibe he just added this different sensibility to it yeah and for that one album it sounded that way and then they, they don't really sound like that again but but it's like you know it's it's interesting how you can, you can do that. You can have somebody uh, come in. I mean, even Dylan had Brian Eno you know, come in and do an album in the 90s. And it doesn't sound like any other Dylan album. It sounds totally different than anything he ever did. And that's that's kind of cool sometimes when you have somebody that can add something that you didn't expect even as an artist that you didn't even know you were gonna yeah. go there. Um, that, that's kind of cool sometimes, but. It depends on where you're headed at, if you really want to go there.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: But I'm, I'm excited that you're working on a new album. Um, so, has it been hard because of COVID to actually get the album done?
1: Uh, well, yeah. Uh, it's been a bit tough sometimes, been pretty tough uh, due to personal reasons, but I survived. I'm okay. I'm here and I'm uh, moving on. So, yeah, it's not as fast as I hope it, it could be but but it's okay
0: yeah everybody has to kind of go slower you know in everything yeah. that's going on because like the, the one thing that's interesting is like okay most musicians we make the lion's share of any kind of money we make by doing shows and yeah. covid totally like cut off our ability to do shows um yeah so a lot of bands have switched to video they switched to like you know collaborating with other bands Doing yeah, features, very popular. <laughs> you know, doing stuff like that, you know, or even trying to do live live streams and, and monetize them. But um, yeah. so what have you have you um got any plans to play live in, at all for 2021, or is that more like a 2022 thing?
1: Yeah, it's 2022 because uh, I would like to have more songs on the list, and uh, I would like to be more confident within what am I doing if I am, to a bit more dark or um. Do i feel like more electronics uh so i i would like to just to feel how it works because uh, i'm not sure yet but mm-hmm. i guess 2022 will will come up with something some live shows for sure maybe yeah, some smart we're, actually,
0: tour. we're actually taking our our the festival that we're doing online um we're hoping to partner with um, a new york indie label and actually do it physically in new york in 2022. So they actually have, and the whole point of what we're trying to do with what we're trying to do is, um, we, by, this year we're doing an online festival with only guests who have been on the show. So every person that's going to be at our show has been interviewed on our show, and the, our our pitch is that because we interview artists all the time, that we could potentially have these type of events happen like maybe twice a year. Could we can we you know, we're gonna have this first one, but by the end of the year I'll have more guests that haven't no one's seen. So we could actually do another one, and then you know maybe twice a year we can do these like these shows. And we'll do them online initially, and then as we get more and more people knowing about it, then we would actually have venues or multiple venues, and still stream it online. That's kind of what we want to go toward.
1: Yeah, that would be nice. Well,
0: we just want to give like artists another way, place to to be able to. Uh, to to perform. And if we said, well, okay, well, if we interview artists, then that's the whole idea is, you know, we're pre- presenting everybody we've talked to. So hopefully, you know, at some point you'll be able to participate in that when you're ready.
1: Yeah, I, I'll do my best. <laughs> if I yeah, have we, time yeah. for that, of
0: course. well I'd love to have you on because we like like your music. And, and this is a, we want to let everybody know that they should go out to the band camp that you see here, and, yeah. and and actually go and support the art. We've always told tell people who listen and watch us that musicians, you know, just don't stream their song. Go go to their site, buy their merch, buy their record. Yeah. Please and, do that. And, yeah, musicians well, need that. Yeah, we need support. And you know, just to tell you, you, the young people out there, you, I don't want to come down on, but it's like you'll you'll, you'll watch a kid playing video games on YouTube and give him a twenty dollar tip. But then you won't buy that, the album from the art person that you listen to. So think about like, okay, you're giving that YouTuber who's playing a video game twenty dollar tip for, for talking about a video <laughs> yeah. game, but you can't give a musician who had to spend a lot of time, buy a lot of resources, and to to give you a song you love, and then you only give them mm-hmm. like less than a penny. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I've streaming. bought free CDs this COVID period, <laughs> so it's and some merch. I've been never buying merch from my favorite bands because I'm just not into merch for yeah, that yeah. reason. But I did.
0: <laughs> well, it's good to support them. How, you know, I like the support by buying the music. I mean, I don't need another t-shirt. <laughs>
1: oh, I but, just like but, the art. Yeah, that. if
0: I see a band that has a cool poster or they have yeah. a, like a cool image, uh, and then i was say, okay, I like what they're doing. And then maybe I'll get the, the record that comes with the t-shirt and all this stuff to get yeah. the special edition to make sure that they know that I'm supporting them but yeah I think everybody should just make sure you go go out to your band camp check it out and uh you know do support the artists they love and uh, you know if the artist is on Spotify and they got that COVID-19 button donate to the artist there you know if they are on SoundCloud donate there um just do what, whatever you can to help artists because you know, like it's like kind of literally sometimes we're starving artists we don't get a lot of support so it would be cool if you did um, we, we thank you for being on the program. We really appreciate it. Thank you. So we will get this out to you. Uh, it's already on these channels. We will get you the link so you have them. And, um, yeah. and we're going to convert it to audio. So you'll get those within an hour. They'll start to go yeah. to Spotify and Apple. Yeah,
1: and that would it. be great. Thank you.
0: Okay. Thank you very much for being on. We'll talk to yeah. you again, I'm sure. When sure. your album comes out. Yeah. When your album comes out, <laughs> let us know. And we'll do an album yeah. release show.
1: Wonderful, wonderful idea. Thank you.
0: Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye.